Welcome to Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. My name's Clifton, and I'll be your host for this episode. Joining me is the drain that plays no games, the needle in all our collapsed veins. Jay, how are you doing today? I'm great, Clifton. I I liked that introduction. Thank you. All right, Jay, why don't you drop a beat while I introduce our special guest? (laughs) But, um... (laughs) No? All right. No beatboxing? Uh, no. (laughs) Sorry. What does that have to do with something? We have, joining us also today, we have Ed Lamoso. From Dear Ephesus, the guitarist for Dear Ephesus. Ed, how are you doing? Fantastic. I'm honored to be here. How are you guys doing? Great, great, great. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Ed, what are you forcing us to listen to for this episode? Well, I wanted to join you in uh, shitting on Sometimes Sunday. (laughs) Sometimes Sunday's second album, Dre. And actually, I'm a huge fan. Still a huge yeah. fan of that. Uh, is that what we record. do? Is we, do we shit on things? <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Just, I'm shitting on what you've been shit on. And I think I should probably stop saying that word already. I'm getting tired of it. Right. But yes. And I listen to Sometimes Sunday Drain. All right. Um, how did revisiting this uh, make you feel, Jay? Ugh. I, I'm not sure how to answer it because, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to give you a one word answer. I'm sorry. I. Because I liked it, kind of like Ed was saying, but I also was like, I don't think I should be liking this. I don't know why I like this, <laughs> but I still kind of like it. <laughs> so, well, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, uh, Jay, why don't you tell us a little bit about the band? So, Sometimes Sunday formed around 1992-ish, possibly early 93, but somewhere there in Portland, Oregon. The band consisted of Mikey Bridges, who does vocals, Someone named Zip, who I believe stands for Matt Zimmerman, who played bass. KC, who stands for Kevin Collins, who's a guitarist. And they never had, like, a... They kind of had a rotating group of drummers. So they released a Mm. kind of an early demo EP, and then two albums through the nail, and every single one had a different drummer. Um, For this album, the guy's name was Jacob Christensen, and he was also in a band called Super Chrome UK. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Mikey, Mikey is this longtime, Mikey Bridges, a singer, he's this longtime alternative Christian music fan from Ventura, California. He grows up listening to stuff like the Altar Boys, Undercover, Nobody Special, The Crucified, all that stuff. He moves up to Portland after high school to work for his dad's business. Um, and basically through some luck, kind of ends up starting a Christian venue in a church called The Connection. Um, and Mikey's kind of one, I, I get the sense that Mikey's kind of one of those networkers, um, kind of like Aaron and Dear Ephesus was. So he's just kind of like making stuff happen <laughs> a little bit. And so through one thing leads to another, Mikey forms a band called the Gecko Monks. They end up putting out one album, you know, he's getting more in that Portland early nineties Christian music scene. He even opens a venue called the push, which I think had a lot of bands play there through the time. <laughs> um, but anyway, Mikey played bass in a Gecko Monks, and he kind of somewhere decided he wanted to be the front man. 
So he recruits band members from that Portland scene. Guitarist Kevin Collins was in Empty Tomb before Sometimes Sunday. And they put out their first recording in 93. It was called Pain. It was a seven-song tape on Bill Powers of Blenderhead fame on his label, Fearless Donkey Records. Uh, again, this is all like pre-Tooth and Nail Records. You can find that demo on Bandcamp along with Gecko Monks. Their stuff's also on Bandcamp. And anyway, they sent that tape and promo materials to Cornerstone Festival, and they managed to snag a slot on the new band showcase. And at Cornerstone, I believe this is Cornerstone 93, Andy Prickett of the Prayer Chain and Brandon <laughs> Ebel, who was hadn't even started Tooth and Nail yet, but was about to, caught their set and were impressed. And Andy wanted to produce their album. Brandon wanted to sign them to the new label. Uh, and kind of... History was made after that. You can see a short clip from that Cornerstone 93 performance on YouTube. It's pretty funny because Mikey's wearing, like, overalls. Um, it's yeah. just, he's got longer hair, too, at the time. Usually on, on the albums, his head's shaved, but he's got the longer hair and overalls. And Anyway, they, you know, after that, they recorded their first album, Stone, down in California, with Andy Prickett producing, but at Gene Eugene's Green Room. So, Drain is their 1995 sophomore album right. andy cricket produced again so yeah <laughs> on one of the youtube videos someone yelled where's your long hair he just goes cut it off and then he just played the next they played the next song <laughs> it's pretty good ed do you do you have is there anything in the, that you know about the band that jay didn't cover no <clears throat> where did you get all this stuff no actually um <laughs> i remember finding Pain. I don't know why I picked it up, but I remember. Uh, so in Orlando, we had this uh, giant Christian retailer called Long's Christian Books and Music. It's a family-owned <laughs> one, but they they had a catalog, and you know you you could order stuff from anywhere. So they they had it at some point wow. that I saw the demo with the with the drawing of the girl on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think back then you were able to like open up the, you know, get the cassette out and, and sample it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Like I, I, I don't know why it got my attention, but I listened to it and my friends and I were jamming it and in the car and whatnot. And then uh, when I saw that they were signed uh, with tooth and nail, I was excited. So big fan from, from that original tape. Oh, cool. All right. So we heard how it came into Ed's life. Jay, how did this come into your life? Yeah. I, so I think I heard sometimes Sunday on one of those early tooth and nail comps. There was one that came, we talked about a little bit before that with this prophecy magazine called noise volume one. And I think they had a song on that. I, I don't remember specifically. I, I know I bought this album before I bought stone their first album. Um, and I don't remember specifically how this came to my life, but I'm pretty sure it was 95 when this came out. And the reason I have a kind of know it's 95 is I wasn't driving yet. I turned 16 and 96 because I clearly <laughs> remember sitting in the back of my friend's minivan <laughs> with his mom or dad driving and we're listening. And the reason I remember it so clearly is we stumbled upon the hidden track on this, on this album and on drain on drain yeah and we oh, were wow, we okay. were listening through that and and 
you know, spoiler alert, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, more in the episode, but um, <laughs> somebody says the word ass on there, and for, like, 15-year-old kids that got this at the Christian bookstore, we were like, oh my gosh, and you know, you're, like, rewinding it on the discman to, like, make sure that's really what they said, and so that re- that <laughs> moment, like, really stands out to me early on listening to this, so I know I got it sometime within the months when it came out may have just been one of those things like this is on tooth and nail records they put out cool stuff okay i'll pick it up ed what, what did this play any important role in your life musically or otherwise i think it was just one of the you know few you know i, I guess well by the time drain came out obviously we we were all big tooth and nail fans uh you know my friends and and i whatever yeah it was a really good record i mean it it was just um well, when they got signed, like I said, I, I had found that tape somehow. And when the first record came out, I was already excited. You know, they were just a good, I I really enjoyed it. I love their sound. I thought, you know, I like Mikey's voice a lot. Um, he, you know, because he could sing or, or he, you know, he would sing melodically and, and uh, but also kind of growl it a little bit and not lose, you know, it didn't become a different genre. You know, it was still kind of, and it was raw. It was you know, obviously produce, you know, you have to compress that at least, <laughs> but otherwise it would just sound insane. It it was just, um, I don't, I don't know, you know, I wouldn't call it influential, but I would definitely say that that one did have a kind of a lasting effect. It, it's, you know, that that's one of the few bands that have kind of stayed with me uh, <laughs> since then. One that I, you know, remember fondly, like, yeah, that was, you know, kick-ass records. For sure. <laughs> Jay, do you have any fond memories other than uh, the back of the minivan experience? Um, no, I'll just say for me, I think this was a real gateway to kind of like heavier music. Because at the time, I don't know if I'd listened to anything that had like a lot of screaming or yelling yet. And the way this <laughs> album, it's melodic, he sings, but he also gets kind of screamy or yelly on a lot of the vocals and i think it was a good gateway for me to kind of get into heavier type things maybe it was the opposite for me because i was <laughs> i was a metal like I, I was i was into thrash and and metal and all that and maybe this was one of those bands that it was a quality band that was kind of heavy but not you know they, they, they were in metal but uh it was heavy enough and and you know good enough i guess uh for me so may- maybe i don't know if i gateway but definitely one of those you know that one, one of those that at the time i would consider coming out of a of the of the, the the christian culture to be as good as any other you know band that was out at the time for me yeah and ed have you listened to this over the years or is this your first time revisiting it for uh, a, a couple of times yeah i mean not not all the time i know that um Within the last couple of years, I uh, I remembered the the bonus track, and and <laughs> and uh, and so I had a friend of mine like email it to me. I'm like, hey, can you grab that? <laughs> so so I I, I love it. Uh, you know that whole skullhead thing. So a little bit here and there, here and there, not not a lot, but here and there. Yeah. What about you, Jay? No, not really. No. I'll just say no. <laughs> did you did you remember enough to know what you you were getting back into? Uh, for me, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean i I must have listened to this a lot back in the day because I just like it, 
yeah, it all like came right back. Like I could sing yeah. along with songs and stuff like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Before we dig into the album, I I want to say that I'm glad to be the host on this episode with two people talk about this album because I, I and I want to make this very clear. I hated this <laughs> listening to it. Hated it. Um. So why don't we dig into it and maybe you. <laughs> two guys can explain to me why this is good. Wait, 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 before we do that, because I remember <laughs> talking when we recorded our last episode, I was asking you about it, and you said you'd never heard them, <laughs> and I don't even know if you knew what type of music it was. So, Clifton, nope. like, kind of take us through your reaction when you first put this on. You never heard this before? <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, Somehow I just missed it, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, I listened to this for the first time this past Monday. I was driving. Wow. <laughs> and I put it on, and... When the first song started, I was like, oh, this is not what I expected. I was like, are we going to get maybe like a Fugazi hot water music type thing out of this? And then, no, that's not where this was going. And just, ugh, I just like every, like, the Eddie Vedder vocals, the the noodly wall guitars, and the just everything about this is the opposite of what I think good songwriting is. Honestly, it's just, it's just, I hated it. Like there's, and I, I'm, I'm kind of unapologetically like I like pop music, you know, and this is just not, <laughs> I mean, I like harder stuff, but it has to have a lot more melody and purpose than this. I just felt like this was all just noodling around and ending up somewhere. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> I, you know, I think um, maybe we'll get more into it, I guess, as we go. But I, I understand what you're saying. When when this record came out after the first one, I remember Lewis from Dear Ephesus. He said, <laughs> that is not where I expected them to go. Like, he, he told me that. He he didn't like it either. You know, he, he kind of liked the first one. But then he was like, you know, it's weird. That's not where I thought they were going to go. I didn't <laughs> expect them to go in this direction. And and the other thing for me is the fact that Andy Prickett is the producer mm -hmm. who the dude is, I mean, you know, if you listen to the prayer chain, no, uh, you know, he, he is a producer. He didn't, you know, he's letting the band be the band. That's cool. Right. But it's weird that it's so stripped of, mm -hmm. um, just stripped. It, it's it's yeah. a very stripped record. So I, you know, with Andy Prickett being the producer, I guess I would have expected maybe a little bit more embellishment here and there, but uh, no, it's not like that at guitar. all. Definitely unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. There's one guitar track. Like there's not <laughs> even another guitar track in this album. There's just one guitar track all the way through the album. And a lot yeah. of times that's it's not even crazy. playing. Like I, I, you're yeah. right. I didn't realize until <laughs> listening back on this. I was like, God, it's like, it's pretty open. Just. It is very open. Yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe the best thing about it. If it if it had been this, but like wall of sound, I may have been more annoyed. Yeah, I don't know. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Jay, you want to lead us off here? Yeah. So the album starts with a song "Needle," which I haven't checked the time, but might be the shortest song mm -hmm. on the album. And it's kind of an interesting way to start it off because I feel like it's doesn't exactly sound like the rest of the album. But it's you know it starts with a hit on the cymbal, then this guitar line comes in, and um, <laughs> follow you know then the bass, drum, vocals all come in, and it just kind of cranks up to full volume pretty quickly, mm -hmm. you know. And 
The song's called Needle, and I'm sure we'll talk about the lyrics, but he's just screaming, Needle! We'll push you down again and just... I see you crying, tears of pain. I see you crying, hiding and lying. Needle! Hold on to pain! Needle! We'll push you down again! This song does kind of change, you know, he's got some kind of like, it seems like some weird bass effect. Is the guitar cuts out for a minute, and it's kind of. Tr- I think it, the, the idea train, is maybe? trying to show you, like, you know, this is Being what high? this is what drugs will do to you, right? Yeah, I'm high, like <laughs> kind of thing. But then it just cuts straight back to the loud chorus, and then basically the song runs out, and it sounds like kind of like a reel-to-reel tape machine or something, like gets cut in the middle, and you just hear that. For some reason, I think of that noise like a like a sewing machine with a needle. Oh yeah, yeah, very. Very very rhythmic sound, yeah. Let, let's listen to that weird part where uh, he, he he does a weird thing to his vocal. Yeah. I find that very annoying personally. <laughs> I don't know why. I I wish I could. Anyways, yeah. I don't love that, and I saw what they were trying to do with the lyrics. Luckily, they don't really do that effect on any other song. But I, I think even what you played, it, as I was going back through this, it made me realize, like, there's a ton of, like, really heavy bass on this album. And it's kind of like a, almost like a drum and bass album. I don't mean, like, the genre of music drum and bass, but, like, that <laughs> is the core part of this. Like... Guitar doesn't even matter sometimes in <laughs> some of these songs. It's like the drums and bass are what we're like are propelling it along. They're really like kind of like a rhythmic band. And which is interesting to me considering they didn't really have a full-time drummer. But mm-hmm. yeah, that is uh that's sometimes Sunday. I think <laughs> uh, so when I think of that, like I don't I don't think in terms of liking it or not liking it, I just kinda think that that's the song, you know, like I, I think of it yeah. like, yeah, that's that's the song, that's part of it or whatever. But I love that song. Like I I love it as an intro. I love like to so uh, you know, to put it in context, of course, it's it's a it's a record of its time. It's a record mm-hmm. of, of the year yeah. it came out, which I guess is ninety five. Right. You know, so even you know, even the, again, the strip sound and and the bass is definitely prominent in some places in the song and and in the whole record. And even the tone of the bass, it doesn't sound like a super EQ. It almost sounds like the sound of the amp a little bit. You know, like you you hear the tone, you hear that like the fingers on mm-hmm. on the on the string kind of thing. You know. And that that reminds me of that time. That reminds me of not every band, but I, there were a lot of bands that kind of sounded like that. So to me, it's it's a record of its time. So I understand it and I accept it uh, that way. But the the intro, like how it kicks in, I love the drums. Even and <laughs> the drums is another thing that sounds that sound very also stripped. It sounds like a room, mostly room mic, which I like. 
but it's also not, you know, it doesn't sound like it's very cute or whatever. So maybe that's a little bit too much of nothing going on mm-hmm. with with the, the EQing and the mixing and all that. I doubt that that is really the case, especially, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's probably one of those things that they worked really hard at making it sound like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I love it as an intro. Like, I love when it kicks in. You know, I love the the drum, the off off beat drum. It's like a drum fill, uh, and then it kicks in on the one again. Boom, boom, boom. I, I think it's and and the voice to me, it's appropriate. You know, not not necessarily the mix again, but yeah, I it works for me. I'm 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 the target audience for that for that <laughs> song. I'm I'm the guy. I, they made that for me. I, I love that song. So let's talk lyrics for a second because it's a short song, but it's called Needle. And it, you, you'll notice as we go, all their songs are just, you know, one word long. <laughs> which which sucks to remember the titles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or look them up. Right. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of a yeah. pain. But uh, it's basically about heroin use. I mean, I'm pretty sure, right? You know, needle won't hide your pain. Needle will push you down again. You know, I, I don't know. I was thinking about it, you know, if you guys remember that whole EP of Pedro the Lion, he had a song about basically about heroin use as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, Mikey will be talks about basically growing up a church kid in the church. And I don't know about you guys being in the church, but I did not encounter anyone using heroin um, <laughs> back in my youth group days or early twenties or anything. Now, maybe again, Pedro the Lion was in Seattle, sometimes Sundays in Portland. Maybe it was a Northwest thing, but <laughs> I don't know if he's like, I don't know who he's talking about. If this is a real thing, if it's just imaginary, what? I think I read some, I I don't know. I don't know the timeline of of this, but I think in one of his Instagram posts or, or I think, you know, he's working on a a documentary about Mm -hmm. which, you know, we may, I guess, touch on later. But one of the things that he's working on is a a documentary about Christian rock and, you know, and, and how it, it became a phenomenon or whatever, an American phenomenon, it looks like. He he when he talks about himself, he does mention, you know, like different sides of him, you know, being a missionary, blah, blah, blah. And then I think another one, he does mention drug use. I don't know if he's you know, if it's like a before or after or when or so I'm I'm not clear on that, but I got the impression that maybe it is part of his experience. Uh so, you know, that's as much as I can read into that as I can, I think. And and he's in his mid to late twenties at this point. Uh, hang on. I guess so. He's yeah, he's older than me, so he would have been mid twenties. Yeah, I think mid twenties ish here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just remember reading him about him talking about being in youth group in eighty five. So yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. if he was a heroin addict, he was very young. <laughs> he was 12 (laughs) i mean whatever i guess and to be fair i mean maybe this was more of a common thing up there that people were struggling with i do think for a christian kid picking this up in 95 i wasn't expecting to hear a song dealing with like heroin use i mean in some ways maybe somebody he knew yeah it it really made his family and this was definitely kind of pushing the limits as far as what was talked about in an album that you pick mm-hmm. up at the Christian bookstore. I mean, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, I would say that I never like saw someone do heroin when I was, when I was a teenager, 
but being from from the town I'm from in high school we definitely had like people who had nothing better to do than drugs you yeah. know so it was it was definitely around plenty I think for me at least you know and there there were needles like you would just go to the parking <laughs> lot sometimes there'd just be needles in the parking lot so oh okay yeah I mean not a lot but you could see them if you if you if you kept your eyes open maybe it was you know something he observed yeah a cautionary tale yeah <laughs> All right, do we want to move on to the next song we're covering? Suffocate. Yeah, we're skipping Blind. I did want to talk about Hold for a second, if we can. Okay. That's the third song. And I feel like a lot of these songs in this part of the album kind of all flow together. In fact, I had to kind of like mm-hmm. go back and be like, okay, which song is which right here? Hold is one where you kind of start to hear Mikey, I feel like, really singing, or at least singing in a different way than the previous two songs. And you know, he, he starts off the song actually kind of singing it like, in my head, I'm trying, you know, oh, okay. before he gets, before he jumps into that. In my head, I am trying to And one thing I really like about the album that I feel like really works with the style of music is just like lyrically the darkness, <laughs> everything. I mean, and that's in Hold, he says it covers me like the darkness overhead, underground, everywhere. And he's like, in my head, I'm trying to breathe. In my head, I'm drowning in the sea. I, I, it's not normally the type of lyrical content I like, but for this style of music, <laughs> I just feel like it works really, really well. So. Yeah, just just touching on that, like, and we're going to see it in some of the other songs, but just this kind of, it's really dark themes in this album that, for me, really, really do it. I don't know why, it's just when I listen to Sometimes Sunday, that's when I want to hear him singing about, so it works. Even the cover, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the drain, it looks, you know, it's like dirty, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's like scraping the bottom kind of, kind of uh, image, Yeah, you know, I don't know. But I was going to, like, something along the, uh, what you were saying, Jay, along those lines, is that, um, and may, we may hear it, I guess, but, like, some of the sounds with the guitar, like, the noodling and whatnot, like, some of the stuff to me, like, makes me think of, like, Tom Waits under a, a street light smoking a cigarette and just kind of, <laughs> like, you know, reciting something about prostitutes or something like that. Like, it's just kind of, <laughs> like, it's got, it's, it does have this dark it, it does have a dark hmm. vibe to me ed, as well ed do you remember in um in stone in that album art when you unfolded it it had that real like apocalyptic drawing on the inside i don't know if you remember like the liner notes for that album no. i wish i still had it but it was like this real apocalyptic looking like stuff's on fire people are running like album art which fit with that album totally fits with this one too that's just like i felt like who this band was <laughs> Just dark stuff. Well, definitely on this one, uh, for sure. <laughs> they, but you know, but this one definitely on a on a more personal level. So it doesn't feel like like a preachy record. Well, or or at least, well, maybe maybe it does, but not not like in an overall like repent and and be saved, but more like you know, you're in deep shit and yeah. <laughs> uh, get your act together kind of thing. Yeah. 
you know, and, and I guess some of these lyrics are going to get darker, like th- yeah. th- that we are going to talk about. Yeah. All right. Speaking of, take us into Suffocate. <laughs> so it's like a kind of a drumstick count off followed by the bass line with drums, which again is like <laughs> you know, the main thing there is. Then Mikey's vocals come in and he's like, you know, I don't depend on your approval, all that stuff. Um, but then he says, but the, soon in time it kills. And I know, and then the whole <laughs> the whole band comes in. I don't depend on your approval, but soon in time it kills. And I know you don't care about my life. You don't care about my life. It just. This whole album is like soft, loud like that, right? Which I love. Like all, all the choruses on almost every song are much louder than the verses. And, and I noticed I was listening to this song is the bass is a pre- plays a pretty repetitive line. And the guitar, I guess it is the noodling you're talking about, Clifton. It's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Then back to the chorus. There's a pre-bridge in here where he's like, leave me to my own life. Step off. <laughs> The step off is, I made a note of that, because that's a hilarious lyric. <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, this is, I made another note of my thing. I was just like, I really see how crucial the bass and drums are to this this band. Like, that is really mm-hmm. what pushes them along, because there's so much empty space otherwise. And the guitar is just kind of doing a little of this, a little of that. But that's what cons- is consistent and pushes it through. Yeah, because there's not a rhythm guitar, you know? No. <laughs> And it would have been cool to Which, hear them with more guitar, honestly, but this is just pretty well, like, wide open. It, 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 it confuses me because Mikey can play guitar. Mm-hmm. I think he would say and he's he, not a great in tragedy musician. tragedy, he plays guitar. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I know from listening to his podcast that we'll talk about in a minute, He never he's always said he's not really a great musician, though. And maybe he didn't feel competent enough <laughs> at this point. I don't know. I know he, he wanted to be drums. the front man. He played drums yeah. in Twin Sister? I think yeah. he was yeah. the the drummer in that band. Let, let me uh, I want to I want to play a part of this, is, and we can play other parts of the song. But this is the part that really annoyed me here. Was uh, <laughs> sorry. Basically goes on like that for the rest of the song. It's only, it's only, no, it's he starts singing in there. He does, yeah. <laughs> he starts <It> singing. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. This part here. That's my least favorite part. And Clifton, I think if it had, if that guitar stuff had gone on any longer, I would have been annoyed too. But it's like just, <laughs> just right. He comes back in, you know. 
<laughs> I think it's 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 part of the the vibe. And I think it it goes to the feel of the song. So it's not necessarily like the musically. Um, it it's almost like a. I don't want to say musical theater, but you know, it's almost like the the interpretation of the feeling mm-hmm. in the guitar. You know, rather than 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 going with a musically proficient solo, it's more like this is the kind of you know the, the, these are the lyrics. This is the the music, and it just kind of it's like a, another facet of of the just the overall feel of you know that again the darkness, you know, the, yeah, the dirtiness. <laughs> I mean. It's funny that you say that because my complaint about it is that I feel that it's not purposeful enough. Huh. Ah, okay. You know, I don't know. That's they could, they could have done a better job at that. I mean, they're obviously, he's obviously a good guitarist, right? I don't, I just, there's also just, there's no, there's no melodic hook in it, you know? And that's just my thing, right? I mean, that's fine. Come on, Clifton. Yeah, yeah. You don't care about my life. Come on, that's melodic. <laughs> no, there are one note in that. There is one note through the entire vocals. <laughs> Just... Fair. I mean, this is, I think, kind of what maybe Ed is saying, too, is like, this, this kind of only works when you're, like, singing about this stuff. Like, I feel like if sometimes suddenly mm-hmm. we're singing about, like, you broke up with me and now I'm sad or I love you so much girl or whatever. Like this just like does not work with the style of music. <laughs> that would have been unbearable. I agree. <laughs> yeah, like, everything kind of fits together. That, that part sounds to me like they were on heroin. Ah. <laughs> like they, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know anything. I don't have an inside <laughs> knowledge on that. I'm just saying like, but it, it does have that, that feel to me. The, you know, the hmm. just a loser, a, a loser feel. Uh, but anyway, I, I think I think you're I think you're right. I mean, I think that they it, it could have been done more purpose of purposely, uh, more yeah. on purpose, you know, with, with more. Um, uh, I don't know, a better defined, you know, that like you could right. hear it and, and, and clearly tell, OK, yeah, this is kind of where they're going with this. Right. Yeah. But, you know, again album of its time that's kind of i i i took it that way <laughs> so to me it's always going to be that way no and i th- i think that one thing because i watched i watched uh some live clips of them and i think it works i saw this song and i think it works way better live right mm. which is probably why they took the production approach that you, that you talked about right Ed, you know where, the, where they were trying live. to go for an yeah where they were trying to go for a live in the room feel you know which is not easy to capture in a studio. Mm-hmm. So they obviously put some work into that, right? And and, yeah. and it is, it is powerful live, you know. And it and it's and it and it has has really motion live. But I think it's just lacking that. Is as much as 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 much as I'll say they even succeeded in capturing their live sound on the recording. It's not the same. I don't know. Ed and I are rocking pretty hard to it, so you know, <laughs> maybe you just don't get it, Clifton. <laughs> I, I am open to I don't get it. I well, I love this uh, <laughs> controversy. You know, I I, I love I, I I love the 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 you know hearing an album that I really like. Somebody saying, "Man, I just don't get it." This, this is just they could have done this better, you know. Yeah. But I understand. I understand. Well, it's a, it, I will just agree though. It's it's not my thing, and it's and the and it's way too Pearl Jam for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
The vocals. Old know, Pearl yeah. Jam. Yeah. 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 But I feel right. like, I mean, I didn't listen to much Pearl Jam, but I feel like Mikey gets a lot more like yelly or like screaming a lot more than Pearl Jam really did, which I like that. Yeah. That's kind of the part I like of it is like loud, soft, you know, mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, Ed, I'm glad like you're doing this with us. Cause I wanted, as somebody who was like in a Christian band, I wanted to get your take on this lyrics on this song, because I always took this song as kind of like talking to the Christian, like other Christians. And maybe I'm completely off on this, but you know, the lyrics say, I don't depend on your approval, but soon in time it kills. And I know you don't care about my life. Can't smile even once before I'm condemned to, de- condemned to death. Excuse my tongue. I made a mistake. Is it so hard to accept me as I am? I kind of took this as like disappointing other Christians or like, you know, he's in a Christian band, but maybe he's not acting like they're expecting him to. I, I don't know. What's your take on the lyrics? I think it's almost prophetic of what happened to them. Uh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> good point. I think a lot of people um, in 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 all different genres, you know, in, in the Christian music had that hanging over their heads just depend having having to get people's approval or having to pander to the you know conservative christian audience that mm-hmm. were buying the records uh so it was it wasn't just an image well it, it was an image but you know it was like behavior and 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 acting a certain way in public or whatever you know i mean it Obviously, these guys, you know, they they have their own communities and whatnot. But when you go to a show, I remember, you know, going to shows as as a youth, and you know, catching like one of the musicians smoking a cigarette or something like that, and then everybody's eyes go like, "Whoa, that guy's right. smoking! Like, what, <laughs> what's yeah. what's going on here? You know, are they really Christian? You know, and and that conversation starts, and it's so odd. But I I think I, I don't know if that's what he was talking about. But it definitely sounds like it. It definitely sounds like it's you know a little bit of the pressure of uh, you know having having to be Christian enough for mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah, and the next line, Jay, from where you stopped reading is, "We seek the same. You know my name. Yeah. I give you no shame." Right. I think that's. I think. If, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I can say that's clearly what it's about, but it hints strongly that that's what it's about. Yeah. Especially the second verse is, "Leave me to my own life. Step off." <laughs> I can't follow you when you lead me down the wrong path. When you suffocate my life and try to kill my soul, you know. This is I think what I get out of that is more like, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's very much this like church lady type thing, right? Like this isn't the right way to do things, and it's like, okay, like just back off for a second. Let me, if I make maybe if I make my own decisions, I can like. I can get where I need to be, you know, in a mature way and not just because I was told that that's the way it needs to be. I can see it being about an overbearing parent also, mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, but it also fits perfectly, you know, that, yeah. that theme yeah. for sure to me. Yeah. I can, that's how I would read it. I hadn't really ever thought about this from the band perspective before, but you know, you're a, you're a Christian band. You're from Portland, Oregon. You go on tour you end up playing a church in like Alabama or something like the (laughs) norms are just going to be different and you have no Mm -hmm. way of knowing that, you know, you think church is just like the church, you, your home church in Portland. And I'm sure that Mm -hmm. must've been really rough and really frustrating. You know, that was a known thing. 
that was a known thing back then. Like we would joke around, like you know, Squad Five O. They're from the south, and uh, you know, so there would there would be these jokes like, yeah, those West Coast West Coast Christians, man, they're different. <laughs> right? Yeah. West Coast West Coast Christians are different. You know, uh, that that was a <laughs> that was definitely a conversation, and I think they they had similar conversations about you know the southern ones or the you know right East Coast ones. You know, there was definitely a culture you know, shift yeah. when you, when you travel, you could see that. Interesting. Speaking of, you know, Ed, Ed, you brought up the, the overbearing parent thing. I didn't do a lot of research this, but for this album, but I did, I think I did read somewhere about him having an issue with one of his parents. Did you, either of you come up on that? I don't, I, I did not. Okay. Maybe I just, uh, maybe I'm pulling out of nowhere then. Okay. Could we'll be. move on. Okay. Oh, you know what though? I did. Okay. So, I know that he's uh, he's very into his children, and mm-hmm. and I and I think I may have seen something where he maybe he's very into his children in a way that they his parents may have not been with him. You know, yeah. I, I may have read into that as well somewhere. Okay. But yeah, creeping creeping on Instagram. That's not research. That's <laughs> straight up <laughs> creep. No, but <laughs> in the name of research. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Uh, Should we move on to the next? (laughs) Should we move on to the next one? Uh, Water. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) The chorus. Yeah, yeah. The chorus of this one is like, oh, this is beautiful. But can you you play the beginning of the song? It's kind of got a nice, like, uh, I don't know, it's jazzy, but just a different kind of. I mean, it's kind of, it's like a little jazzy beginning, you know, and uh, again, it's like the bass that's really kind of pushing <laughs> everything forward. Yeah, it's so, you know, as you heard, Mikey finally comes in talking about drowning <laughs> in the ocean. He's quickly going to talk about feeling hearing somebody drowning in the ocean. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hearing someone drowning. Yeah. And you're going to, he's going to talk about feeling the mountains crumble and the sky turning red and. All that there it stuff. is, the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> which totally fits for this album. It's like perfect <laughs> for this album. Yeah, because we we eventually get to uh, let me let me get skip to it here. <laughs> Do you own a crybaby? No, I hate Wall. <laughs> I don't know why. Although he does, he they thanked someone in the packaging for the crybaby. They, I think they brought it from uh, from uh, Aaron Sprinkle, maybe. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, they borrowed it from Aaron Sprinkle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a pretty short song. I said it. You know, it feels like it could have really had another verse. 
before ending, but I think this one more than almost all the others on this album, man, the atmosphere, they nailed this perfectly with, yeah, basically the apocalypse, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> all this type of stuff, and then, you know, screaming out, you will die. I mean, it's just... <laughs> um, I think it's great for this. I mean, you know, it just, to me, it totally fits this album. I, I'm not exactly sure what he's trying to do, but I'm here for it, 100% in this song. This is... <laughs> This is it. So right after that, the, the right after that goes into this. It just makes that sound for twenty five seconds. By the way. <laughs> 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 I I think that that when he gets into the mountain crumble and all that, like it's to me, it's so epic. Yeah, yeah. It, it changes, you know. So it starts, you know, with with the the jazzy part, you know, we could call it that, and then it builds a little bit, and then the verse drops down again, you know, which that works too because it makes the vocals the important mm -hmm. part of that. So right. I don't mind the 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 drum and bass there, but when it kicks into the next part, it's like a little bit more melancholy you know like it, it it builds up and it's definitely more melodic and and but the lyrics kind of uh you know like what is it the sky turns red and, uh -huh. and the host of heaven calling me up when i'm dead or something like right, that yep like that that is so epic to me <laughs> uh, you know uh, and then i guess there's a second verse where it drops down again and And it does work live. So I've seen him live. And, you know, this is definitely one that people want to sing along to. You know, <laughs> the kids are like raising their fists and like, you know, going nuts and moshing and yelling it out and whatnot. I can imagine that finger pointed up back at the stage with the you will die part. Like, that's just such a perfect part to repeat <laughs> yes. back, you know? Yes. <laughs> I mean, these are weird lyrics. Uh, I ask you why you deny the purple sky, the yeah, that's birds weird. on high, the evil lie that you will die. Yes, you will die. Is that the lie? Yeah, the purple that you sky. Will die? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, why is it an evil lie? I don't, I, I don't know. These are very weird lyrics to me. And I didn't know, is this a song, is this meant to be, like, evangelism? <laughs> like, <laughs> you will die, like, except Jesus, you're gonna die. Like, I, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, the purple sky kind of loses me. You know, maybe, yeah. uh, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, don't listen, know. it is the apocalypse, yeah. you know, the sky right. is not gonna be blue <laughs> That's anymore. That's clear. <laughs> How do we know it's the apocalypse? I mean, because from the start, no. okay, I'll just I'll just read all the lyrics. I just really called it the apocalypse. <laughs> well, J but Jay said the it's same a rumor thing. I started. <laughs> no, I think I said that even like when we first started listening to it. I sent a clip from the message, and I was just like, I yeah. love the apocalyptic like feel of exactly. This album. Yeah, Jay said that to me. <laughs> all right, let me let me read all the lyrics. I hear you drowning in the ocean of all time and space, and you're dying today. I can feel the mountains crumble. I can see the sky turn red. I can feel the host of heaven calling me up when I'm dead. I ask you why. You deny the purple sky, the birds on high, the evil lie, that you will die. Yes, you will die. 
I can feel the mountains crumble. I can see the sky turn red. I can feel the host of heaven calling me up when I'm dead. Yes, you will die. Yes, you will die. Maybe, maybe, you know, I ask you why you deny the purple sky, the birds on high, the evil eye, that you will die. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's about, maybe, maybe at least that verse is about an unbeliever. Yeah. You know, someone who, someone who, uh, you know, from his, from the narrator's perspective, you know, someone who, (laughs) you know, denies death. May, or you know maybe denies the second death or something like that. Maybe, okay. maybe that's too too much into it. But if it, it seems like you know this person is is denying some other you know plane of existence or something like that. You know maybe maybe it's someone who just doesn't believe and that you know they will die. Maybe maybe they're just don't want to change their behavior or maybe after maybe when they do die. Maybe it's they're not they don't believe in hell or something like that, you know. Like maybe that's the message, you know. Okay, why is he mad? This is an angry song. Because <laughs> that's sometimes Sunday, Clifton. Come on, man. <laughs> because get I'm it just... through your head, you will die. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking of like the psychological endpoint of a bunch of 15 year olds moshing at 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 uh. Cornerstone? Cornerstone. Cornerstone. And screaming, (laughs) you know, just like a hundred people screaming, you will die. Yes, you will die. (laughs) Yeah. And and while you're right, that's probably not the best for your head. I'm going to make the argument that there's a song coming up in a couple couple songs from now that will fuck you up much more um, (laughs) mentally, the lyrics will, than this one. Just gonna stake well, that sure. claim here. <laughs> did you did you guys ever hear of lust control? Oh yeah, OST, lust control. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I you know. I I miss them live. I I never saw them, but to watch them play the big M and and have people moshing and and yelling masturbation, like I just don't see that. <laughs> <laughs> that would have that to me would have made less sense than than you will die, but. Although a bunch of fifteen-year-olds screaming "masturbation" instead of "you will die," that I that's that's more humorous. That, well, yeah, more in context. <laughs> uh huh. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh, fifteen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Point made. I, just, I I I I wonder if the attitude behind this song isn't the same attitude that causes a bunch of our current day problems of. Why, why aren't you just listening to me? I'm telling you what you need to do. Like you're mm, gonna die. Like right. everyone should shut up and do what I say. Yeah, I don't know. I see that. I mean, Mikey's Could even be. talked about how he was pretty arrogant during this time period. Like, <laughs> yeah, he makes no bones about it. So, um, okay, yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, I think it does reflect that, like, kind of like we've got our shit figured out. You know, we know mm-hmm. what we're doing. You're wrong. You need to just. Except Jesus be like us, because you will die if not. Yeah, guilty. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, we yeah. all are. Oh, I yeah. was definitely there too. Uh huh. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else to say about this one? You will die. <laughs> all right. I track six. Oh so, wait, I should say that before this song, uh, the first five tracks are all incredibly short. None of them break. Three minutes. In fact, I think the average of them in that area are, are like a little over two minutes. And now things are going to change. Yeah. 
Um, I will say, you know, 15-year-old Jay, if he picked a single from the album, it probably would have been this one. This is the one I put on my mixtapes <laughs> that, okay. that I made. Awesome. I will also tell you that from this song is on, you know, somebody put this album up on YouTube. And on this song, the comment from Windsurfer, with a Y instead of an I, he said, Windsurfer said this, he said, I remember calling my Christian radio station as a teen and requesting this song. They didn't play it. <laughs> so, you know, just want to put that out there. But this one, like, has kind of a slow, brooding start, mm-hmm. kind of with drum taps at first. And you get that, like, that bass line that's like, doom, 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 that, like, kind of just slow, you know, I don't know if they're walking a scale or what on the bass, but just slowly moving with that. And it's it just builds. This they do this a lot, but this song really builds from the beginning through the verses up to the chorus. And then what's he sing about at the beginning of the chorus? Destruction. He literally says destruction came. Oh, yeah. It took let me, let me, my soul. Yeah, play it. This is so good. Yeah, let me play that build up here. <laughs> See, this would have been on the radio. That would have been. <laughs> I mean, his voice is just cracking. I love Up it. Up next, we have Amy Grant, Sometime Sunday, and right. Michael W. Smith will finish off the hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I don't think this is making Christian radio, but um, yeah, it, so it, it has that. It, this song also has, and you guys are both more musicians than I am, but it seems like it almost goes from like, minor chord to major chord or something that part when he says then in time i reach for you it's like a real nice like it kind of takes us out of the darkness for a second which fits with the lyrics um as well i don't know if you could play that part clifton but it really it's like a turnaround yeah it shifts right there also they kind of have background vocals which they don't do a lot yeah there's a harmony there yeah yeah Yeah, so it it you know it it seems to get a bit brighter <laughs> for a second right there. You got the harmony; it sounds a little you know you're pulling us out of the darkness a little bit. Before. It's kind of let you breathe for a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before brings you it brings your head above the water and then dunks uh-huh. it again. Yeah, yes. good. Yeah, good way to put it. And then we go right back <laughs> and, into and really it. it just really it just goes to like bass and probably what you think that's drop D power chords right there. I think everything is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think I think the whole record is like that. Yeah. Yeah. That this is the song like the when it starts like I, I am here like that that whole vibe to me that that's what I was thinking of like Tom Waits or something like that mm. just some like alley but that so that's that's like the the noodly guitar parts that are kind of um, again I think it it fits the the dark feel of mm-hmm. but but almost not I mean not you know dark not in a 
not in a scary way, dark in a, mm-hmm. in like a state of mind, troubled state yeah, of mind. Right. You know, and kind of, maybe you're right. The, the, the kind of the aimless guitar parts are the same, are, are kind of, di- kind of bringing about this, like, just like aimlessly wandering the streets kind of thing, you know, like, like. You know, street light or not, I'm going to walk down this street. You know, that's what, what you know, it's just, my, my, I'm just walking around, you know, like, you know, I don't know. Or like down in the alley, just like yeah. on yeah. the ground, you know, kissing the <laughs> pavement kind of thing, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I do like, uh, I know you hate it, but I, I, I like the verses on this one. I like that guitar. It, I, yeah. I think it fits. The, yeah, I think it fits the the, the song. I, th- I think it the you know the with the bass line, the bass line and the drums always kind of carrying the you know the the bottom end or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, I think the guitar is it, you know it's maybe it leaves you wishing that it was more melodic or something <laughs> like that. But I think the the slightly chaotic you know minor blues kind of uh, mm-hmm. actually in this one when it, it has a solo, well yeah. it brings it way down. And it is a straight up. It sounds like like a blues solo, and then it kicks it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me play that here. Yeah. I mean, not much of a solo, but more like a couple of licks. Yeah. And it, it's about to kick up again, like you said. more like a couple more like some some embellishments you know more some yeah. licks you know rather than a solo but uh that works for me one other part i really like and you've already played it but just to kind of emphasize it is it right before you lead into the chorus especially the first time when he says my eyes went down and he says i looked away and then there's that pause for a second just that brief like you know, everything goes out for a second before the destruction came part comes yeah. in. And I just like, I don't know if it's perfect for headbanging or what, but that's just like, I, I love how it just stops for just like half second before that chorus kicks in. It's, it's it really punctuates. Yeah, it, is, it really yeah. punctuates the chorus. <laughs> Yeah, is that the it. longest? <laughs> is that the longest song? Uh, uh, no, Stone is six minutes and twenty four seconds. This is less than five minutes. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, songs are getting longer as we as we go on. All right. Anything we want to talk about with the lyrics here? It, well, I was so I get the sense it seems like the first part is like 
is he talking to the devil or something? Like, he says, <laughs> I am here. That's all he said. Then he looked into my soul. I am here. Let's do what you want because your eyes are upon me. My eyes went down. I looked away. Destruction came. It took my soul. It knew my name. Oh, God, please. Then it seems like the part we talked about. Then in time, I reached for you. I don't know. At the very end, he says, I am here. Oh, God, please. I, I don't know. Is that kind of is that what you guys were getting from this? I'm, I'm That's interesting. Grasping. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I gravitate towards the destruction came. It took my soul. Right. Like, like, like destruction came for him. Mm-hmm. You know, then of course, you know, the, the, the part that, that gets melodic is then in time I reach for you, yeah. you know? So it seems like a, like a soft resolve there, but it's like his, his own destruction. You know, he sings about his own, you know, I don't know. Like he, Something came to destroy him. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I took a lot more like Old Testament look at this. Well, it really fits. reminds me. <laughs> yeah. It really reminds me of a lot of stories I heard as a kid, you know, about like, you know, especially the kid hearing adults tell stories of, you know, God had to come in my life and destroy it before I, before I reached out for him kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I mean, literally, I heard people tell stories like, you know, I had a great life, and then my wife died, and my kids died, and it wasn't until then that I can't that I that I let God into my life. You know, like, like Job, like Job, yeah, crap, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm also thinking well, like that's not what happened to Job, but yes, like <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah or some, you know, some kind of just like complete destruction of something. Um, yeah, you know. Before moving on, he does say, "I'm the one to blame. I feel the shame." I can feel the drain, which maybe that's where the album title came from. Is it? It plays no game. It knew my name. Um, he, Mikey definitely is dealing with a lot of like shame and guilt on this mm-hmm. album. And I want to talk about it when we get to, um, when we get to stone in a minute, but like, uh, that's definitely a theme on here, which fits, yeah. you know, with the darkness and stuff, but that's part of it for sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the few, one of the few notes I took on this song was on the lyrics was, all these songs are obsessed with destruction and death and victimization. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, obviously the guy was going through something. The question is what? True. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> the next one we're talking about is a, is a instrumental track. Yeah. And I'm going to let Ed lead on this one because I'll be honest. I usually skipped this one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, no Mikey screaming. All right, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. And it starts with, with like, the tom the, like and, and the bass. minor seventh chords and mm-hmm. you know uh, so that to me it's just the musical theme of the record mm-hmm. we, although we're a long way from needle though you know right. like yeah, we're, we're a long way from side one <laughs> at this point like it's it's gone downhill it, it started <laughs> it started on on a really high note 
you know, and then everything kind of got mid-tempo and whatnot. But then the mm-hmm. last song, with it, it had dynamics, but it had a lot of this. It had a lot of that mellow, you know. And and this one has the same because the cor- the chorus does. I mean, the musical chorus does crank up, and it gets a little, you know, heavier and whatnot, just like every other song. But I, I think uh, it almost feels like it's it's the same, like you know the 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 state of mind or the emotional state of 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 this is just kind of like dragging in the ground mm-hmm. you know it's it's just yeah it just sounds kind of you know it's bluesy it's uh melancholy it's um you know and uh not yeah not not very major uh, for sure yeah. you know it just has that vibe to me i th- i think it it it's it it just continues that that musical theme of the record and you, you know, said we've come a long way from Needle, and and whereas those first couple songs, I would, I would say the first three or four, almost don't have enough time to develop themes musically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, by this point short. in the album, by this point in the album, I don't know if I would call it. I don't know if I'd say we're getting a lot more melodic type stuff, but we're definitely feeling more melody-like themes built into the songs. You know, more developed. It, it seems like yeah. they took more time. Well, they allowed more time for it. I don't know if this is a song that the guys were just like jamming, you know, yeah. like, and then they decided, hey, let's keep it, you know, do it, <laughs> you know, because that sometimes that's how it happens. Uh, yeah. But it fits. If, if if this is what they were writing, yeah, you know, if they wrote this on purpose, you know, but it seems like it fits the the musical theme in general. So, yeah, and yeah. especially that that early part, you know, where where kind of the where where you know it's just the bass and the and, and, and the and the toms and then it kinda of drops out for a second, you know? Right. <laughs> to me that's a fun thing. I mean fun is probably the wrong word here, you know, but it's like you know, when you when you're when you're jamming with spontaneous, your, yeah. You when you're jamming with your friends, that's that's it's fun in that it's like powerful and it's moving. You know, I think one of my problems with this type of music is that it does seem really jammy to me, uh-huh. and I feel like I don't care to hear other people jam. Like, <laughs> do that in your basement. You know, when you bring me songs, I don't know. That's just <laughs> that's just me though. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do understand that. And that's that's why I'm thinking, you know, especially when you hear the outtakes, mm-hmm. it, it almost sounds like it's an outtake that they liked enough that they wanted mm-hmm. to keep. Yeah, interesting. You know, or, you know, maybe it's a song they wrote and Mikey just couldn't think of anything to do. It was like, just do an instrumental. It sounds good to me. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like there, there's like, you know, 10 different ways that it could have gone. But yeah. I yeah I I normally don't like uh, the jam stuff, but I I think I appreciate it because it's a it's a when you're in that situation it's kind of fun you know yeah. if if it, oh, sound, it if it sounds good if it sounds good right. you know it, it could be better sure you know they they could have actually produced a song and maybe <laughs> turn it into something you know they kind of left it as a as a rough yeah. you know diamond in the rough kind of thing you know uh, but. Um, it's it I like I like the little accidents. You know, the the mm-hmm. little notes that that got snuck in there that they didn't mean to to mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe leave or whatever. Or they didn't yeah. intend to write them. But uh, I, I, it's kind of, I live for that stuff. Like, I really look for things like that. If you do it too much on a record, then right. it's a crap record. Yeah. You know, and, and then I guess they kind of do it often here. But this is the one where it, it doesn't seem like it has a context. It's just, that is what it is. It's a jam, yeah. you know. But, but I, I on, like the, on the album, though, it kind of does give you a chance to clear your palate while keeping the mood going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. All right, let's move on to track nine, She. <laughs> this one, speaking of clearing your palate, this one has a, a much different sound. And hang on, I'm worried that we skipped one. Oh, wait, we skipped Stone. Uh, can I talk about Stone, oh. number eight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me back up, because I was scratching my head thinking I had it out of order. So Stone is, like, I think the longest song on the album, but the first about 50 seconds of it is just kind of like... stuff you definitely probably wouldn't like clifton it's just like noodling around like (laughs) random whatever but finally you know the guitar comes in and the drums kind of build up which i kind of like and the vocals join you can make out yeah And again, I think this one is a lot like I and that this seems like another really like fleshed out full song for them compared to some of the ones at the beginning of the album that are short, sometimes feel like they're cut off too early. You know, this one's got the nice long verses building to the chorus and everything. You can make out (laughs) the lyrics immediately. Heart fades to black. He talks about guilt, regret, like all this stuff (laughs) immediately in there. There's a softer verse where they're actually playing on the toms a little bit with the drums. And then, again, the chorus is super loud. This is one of the songs that you instantly are like, oh, this actually sounds like, at least lyrically, Christian music. Like, you can, you know, more than most of the songs, you can kind of be like, oh, I think he's singing about Jesus being crucified. And one part I really like is after the chorus, you've got this, like, 
the kick drum kind of follows with the guitar, like and really just driving it forward. So, yeah, I like this song a lot too. Uh, lyrically, I'll be honest, I can't stand it now, <laughs> which I'm going to talk about in a second. But, like, sonically, I really like the way this one sounds. Yeah, I don't know, Ed, what, what's your take on it? I mean, clearly the 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 I think the most Christian one, you know, with the, and I think that this is another recurrent Christian theme, you know, maybe at the time and even in the eighties and and I guess now really, you know, about the nails in your hand, you mm-hmm. know, like basically, you know, him, you know, I guess the narrator, but you know, anybody being the 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 blame, you know, taking the blame for, for, you know, the crucifixion, you know, did you find the nails in your hand? Have you ever felt uh, with a crown on his head? Oh, and and then there's a line where it says, I'm not blameless. I'm not blameless. Right. right? Is that, is that mm-hmm. what he's saying? So it definitely, you know, the, how he sings it fits the record. You know, he has that same passion, that same dynamic, you know, he's like singing and then screaming it. I'm not blameless, you know. But it's definitely the the less hyperbolical song in in the record, I think. Yeah, the least. It's a little more straightforward. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the next line is "I'm consumed by flame." Well, yeah, so. yeah, you're right. Uh, I did want to. <laughs> so let me let me just talk about the lyrics for a second. You know, um, uh, I guess I'll just read it. It says, "My heart fades to black again. I turn. Guilt like rain pounds in my head. I made the choice to turn from one." Regret comes to taunt my soul again. And then the chorus is, did you ever find the nails in your hand? Have you ever set the crown on his head? And then he kind of goes through all that and then repeats that a little bit. And then he says, I feel like life is drawing out into a flood of tears. I think I, I must apologize because I'm not blameless. Yeah, I'm not blameless. He says that a couple of times. Then he says, I'm the one to blame. I'm consumed by flame. And then back into the chorus. And here's where Clifton, I'm going to make the argument that I think actually shouting out um, did you ever find the nails in your hand? Have you ever set the crown on his head? Actually, doing that over and over long term might be more detrimental to you than shouting out, you will die. Just because I think, like, <laughs> I just, I know that this is a lot of, like, guilt, right? And a lot of shame mm-hmm. and that idea of, like, I killed Jesus. And I think, I don't know, just the longer you let that idea penetrate you over and over, I feel like that does not lead to good places, you know? And I don't know if this is, like, I was trying to Google some of this before we talked about it. And like, I don't know if this is based on that idea of like substitutionary atonement, you know, that idea of Jesus died for your sins. And then you can kind of take that a little farther and say, oh, so your sins killed Jesus. You killed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I just. Yeah, that's definitely what's I, going on here. Right. And I worry that there's that message that just it, it, if you internalize it for too long. It doesn't really lead to good places, I don't think. It just makes you feel really bad about yourself. 
Maybe that's maybe that's the point, or <laughs> maybe that's the goal. You know, uh, for you know, I don't know for Mikey, but you know, I know that a lot of the messages, you know, that that uh, when that was the message, that was definitely the goal is to make you feel guilty. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to make you feel like you know you're responsible or something like that. You know, it, but you know, you're preaching this. There's a lot more theological um, weight to it when when you're when you're just telling people this, you know. Unless you're teaching a lesson, if you're if you're using it as a means to, you know, try to drive people to the pews or you know make them feel guilty or or, or you know create an emotional response to where they're going to go to the altar or something like that, uh, that's <laughs> maybe too strong. Uh, <laughs> or you know, it's it's an incomplete. It's an it's it's an incomplete you know message or whatever. Uh, by the way, I don't know what Mikey, why he wrote that or what he was trying to do. I sure. I take it from him like it is what he was dealing with. You know, right. maybe somebody preached that message to him, and yeah. and it you know dug deeper into him than he intended. You know, and to <laughs> go with the rest of the guilt all over the record. You know, that's like the culmination of it. You know, the final, the final guilt, like, oh my God. So all this guilt, all this stuff, it comes down to, oh my gosh, you know, Jesus, you know, has taken the punishment for, you know, this guilt that I have. Mm-hmm. But anyway. No, I, I think that's very on point. And I, I think, Jay, the reason that that the previous song stood out to me with the you're going to die thing, as opposed to this song, is because this one is very personalized. It's like the, the point of the lyrics is I killed Jesus. Right. Yeah. Whereas the other one is Jesus died for you and you don't even care in an angry way. Right. Mm. And so in my view of it, me torturing myself with the thought that I killed Jesus is bad, but it's not as bad as me saying Hey, you killed Jesus and you don't even care. Now, what do I need to do to you to make you care? You know? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Which is screaming to you over and over again that you're going to die. You know? <laughs> I feel, I feel that there's more potential violence from the pre, from the, from the other earlier track. It's funny you say that because I, I made my wife listen to this song <laughs> in the car and I was asking <laughs> her about, cause I, I wanted to get somebody else's take on this. And she was like, I don't see the problem. This seems like she didn't, by the way, didn't grow up evangelical. She grew up like Episcopal. Yeah. And so kind of has avoided a lot of some of this baggage with this stuff. But she was like, I don't see the problem with this. This seems like pretty standard Christian stuff. And she was like, in <laughs> fact, I think it's better that like, kind of like you were touching on, he's talking about himself other rather than like pointing the finger at other people. Right. You know, like, cause she's just, she kind of associates evangelicals with that. Right. Like, finger pointing right. at everyone else. And so I did see her point in that, I guess just as a kid who grew up in this, just God, the guilt you could, you know, you're just like flogging yourself with guilt so many times mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't always seem helpful, but I appreciate yeah. you guys pushing back on that a little bit, because I think you are making a good point of, at least it's not othering other people in this one. Yeah. But, you could also make the make the next step, which is just that this idea leads to the next idea, leads to the earlier track, right? Once you've internalized this yeah. enough, the next logical step is 
well, now I've accepted it. So everyone else who hasn't is evil, you know? Mm, I see what you mean. I know how bad I am. You just don't know how bad you are yet. Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially if you have a microphone in a, in a stage, Yeah. (laughs) then you kind of feel like the obligation, you know, if you feel the guilt, that much guilt, then you, you know, you have the platform to pass it on, you know, or, 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 you know, maybe not pass it on, but you know, to, to try to get rid of the guilt by telling other people, hey, you know, you're guilty. You just don't know it, but you should listen right. to me. Anyway. That's a that's a very interesting point because I, I feel like that really sums up, you know, some of my time in church that I really struggled with with my anxieties, you know, is that it's like, as you said, you know, when, when you have the platform, you can invite other people into your guilt, you know, <laughs> you can invite them to share it with you. And sometimes you're not exactly nice about that, you know, you have to... Uh, nudge them along a little bit <laughs> and that you know that's part of the pressure of being in a christian band uh yeah. or or you know in a christian market whatever you know and i think that he said that he was a missionary so he was mm. he was a true believer uh i mean he might be you know still i, I think that he you know i think his podcast is, is something about deconstruction like christian mm-hmm. de- deconstruction or something like that so you know i don't know if that means not believing or or or, or arriving to a uh, I don't know, a, a different place, but um, yeah. he was definitely, you know, he believed this stuff, what, what he's singing here. He believed it. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I've been listening to, I did listen to his podcast. He, it's, it's, on side note, and I'll talk about it in a minute, but it, it's interesting because he kind of gives this whole journey. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten to his right. current state, but the he present. does hint in one of the, <laughs> in one of the episodes that, yeah, he is. He's at least not a believer in the same way now. I I, I don't want to obviously speak for Mikey. So, but yeah, he has definitely changed a lot in his faith hmm. since that time, which we all have. You know. I get that. I right. get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, we're all different Re- people from that. Recovering evangelicals. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> all right, uh, Jay. Uh, you want to move on to tracks? Track nine. She. Yeah. This is sorry. This is what I was going to say earlier. This to me is a real shift on the album. I, I think it sounds so much lighter than most of the the album. I mean, Mikey never screams in the song. Hmm. He sings, and it it's one of those songs that sounds like it's about to get heavy at points, but never does. It's kind of got those some of those elements that sounds like it's going to build towards a heavy part because you're used to that with the rest of the album, but it just doesn't. I also felt like this song is a little bit more guitar driven than some of the other ones. I'll be honest too. This one sings a lot more. So as a kid, I skipped it because <laughs> I was like, "Man, eh, I want to hear screaming sometimes someday." But yeah, it's it's a very different song. It's also just thematically and lyrically different. Very. It's not this dark destruction like thing. It's kind of like a hopeful, nice sounding song, which mm-hmm. is a little bit weird for them. Do you guys know what it's about? Not specifically. You do. You? I had a guess, but I want to hear if you know it. I think, and th- this is going by memory, and I don't know, but I think at the time, I think I remember hearing that it was about his grandmother. 
Hey, that's I, what I, I guess. I, yeah. I, I think it's I think it was about his grandmother or something like that. Which yeah, it, I, it it's completely yeah, it, it is a complete shift musically, lyrically, <laughs> it is a different song. The only thing that matches is the sound. You know, it's the same mix. But to be honest, like you know, learning that, if that is the case, uh I find the lyrics very moving. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the song. Even though and it's one of those songs that might sound better if it was produced a little different, you know, rather than that you know, raw <laughs> strip sound. Mm-hmm. It's kinda weird. Uh but you know, I'm I'm used to it. You know, I'm 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 used to this record or sounding the way it is. But it, I feel like it would have been it would be it could be served better sounding differently. Um I love the song though. It, it's one of my favorites on this record. I, 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 I'll say that it's it's one of the ones that actually like when I was listening through reading the lyrics along with with the uh, with the songs, it's one of the ones that actually stood out to me as as, as very touching. I mean, it, it's, it's very it's not just about Mike Mikey's guilt, you know. It's it's about it's, it's about his grandmother or someone like that, you know. And it and it's very touching. It's very emotional, and and I I think he's. I'm not going to say these lyrics are great, but I think that he's done a really good job here of of, of laying something down that means something that yeah. personal to him, and and communicating that to the rest of us. Agreed. It's a fun guitar to play, or a fun song to play on guitar too. Like it's easy. I don't know how to tell her. That she saved my life How do you hold on when they Spill your life How do you love How do you kill the pain How can you still see through the clouds Like his vocals when he's not trying to sound like Eddie Vedder. I think he has a good voice. I like it when he screams. <laughs> <laughs> I like both. It definitely sounds. It's a different quality uh, on this one because even he sings in other songs, but when he sings here, it is a little different. Yeah, even when he sings in other songs, he's still doing that nasally Eddie Vedder Pearl Jam type thing, you know, that, and that you heard get carried on through Creed and then countless bands today, sadly. But here he's just, I think he's just singing as himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's she, everybody. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Should we move on? Sure. Next up is track 10. This is your show, Jay. Don't let me, don't let me take over. (laughs) No, no, no. You're doing a good job. (laughs) Uh, Next song is uh, track 10, Fire. Oh man. This one starts with drums. And then bass comes in.
I remember when the guitar and vocals come in, it almost sounds a little bit positive on this song. Like, it's just another one. It's, at the beginning, at least, it's not as dark sounding. <laughs> but then that rhythm section pauses, the guitar plays, and then double bass, which I think is the only time on this album <laughs> you hear this as Mikey screams again. <laughs> I really do like that part of this song a lot. It's, it's and it goes on for like thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know that that could be double bass, but I think there's there's like a bass and tom thing going on too. Okay, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think it's more. I, I'm not sure because I know that some drummers did that. They they you know they would do the kick on the floor and and just kind of make that double effect because it sounds heavy. Yeah. yeah, like the the drums sound heavy. Like it's not just two. It's not just a bass drum. There's more going on there. Hmm. But yeah, that's that pumps it up. Yeah, <laughs> definitely like the loudest as far as that drum thing as it gets on the entire album. Um, right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but again, and I don't know if you noticed it right at that at the clip when you cut out. He kind of shifts like when he sings again. At the beginning of the next verse, again, it sounds a little brighter, like it's a little more maybe not, not as minor chord. It's just same as at the very beginning. Doesn't sound lighter to me, but okay. Well, uh, the I think the light, the mood, yeah, the mood is. Um, <laughs> no, it's I, more I mean me- the mood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know what you're saying, Jay. It, it's it's not. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's not like a minor half notes kind of thing. It's it's it is kind of it sounds major. Yeah, actually, it sounds like like a like a walk down. You know, mm-hmm. like he's playing like a major chord and then he's dropping. You know, like a fifth or something. You know, I'm I'm, I'm guessing, but it sounds like he's staying on the same uh, chord family and just dropping, you know, so it sounds like a walk down. Uh, but it, it is a little bit more cheerful, believe it or not, than, you know, any of the other songs, for example, you right. know, where it's all, <laughs> yeah, he's not singing, you will die, but you know, he's, you know, it, it, it does have a little brighter note. I, I, I think I agree with you on that, Jay. I don't know what Clifton, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, but Me either. <laughs> I will tell you that that when when my friends liked this kind of stuff when I was a kid, I always just thought there was something wrong with me. I was like, well, I guess I just uh, I don't have as refined taste as they do. I don't know. No, don't apologize for that. You know, I, I tell you what though, uh, one one of the th- reasons I like this whole record is because of the drums. Yeah, I mean, the dude is awesome. Like he he. Yeah. he is awesome where he was awesome like and i i did you know when i saw them it was that guy the that the guy that played the record that toured with Mm -hmm. them for that record he also played guitar on twin sisters twin sister opened up for 
Sometimes Sunday on that tour, and I think the Sometimes Sunday drummer was playing guitar. Mm-hmm. But um, it, especially in the song, like the intro, the chorus, uh, but just the regular drums, like every in almost all the songs are just really cool. You know, th- this is one of the highlights for me, just from the drumming perspective. I really like it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Even though I don't like the song, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a fun song to listen to. It's nice to have them like, yeah, get that heavy with the drums at least once on the album, you know. Before we go to lyrics, at the end it does this weird thing where it cuts out and then it comes back with this little extra thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, Clifton, I don't know what is happening there, because I was listening to it the other day in the kitchen when I was, like, cooking or cleaning up something, and I, like, thought, like, I thought I accidentally, like, skipped a track or something. Like, I did a double take, <laughs> and I went back and rewound, I was like, what the heck? It's, like, part yeah, of another like song this... got, like, spliced in or something? It's yeah, weird. Like 15 seconds in there, yeah. It doesn't fit. It's, <laughs> it's really that strange. outtake. Yeah. <laughs> it's that outtake thing, man. <laughs> they were having too much fun on the record. He did, yes. All right, take us with the lyrics, Jay. I mean, I don't really have a lot of strong feelings on this one. I mean, that part with the double bass is, you know, I cannot start the fire, you will not stoke the flame, you must come out from comfort and take the hand before you. At one point he says, I would love to help you on your way, but in time I would only serve to hurt you again and again, again and again, my friend. Don't look to me, I will only fail, my life is only my own, you must look higher to find yourself. Kind of, I guess, trying to get spiritual guidance to a friend. Yeah, Yeah. and then then the last line is, I wish I could take your hand and lead you home to stay. But I can't. You have to do it for yourself. That's kind of the message, maybe. Yeah, I didn't know, like, is this, hey, you need to get saved, but I can't do it for you? Or is it more like, you just need help along the way and I can't do it for you because I'm too broken? It It does have that vibe to me. You know, like, don't look to me. So uh, it, it it does remind me of same spirit of the time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, don't look to me like, uh, you know, it, ultimately it means, you know, look to Jesus. You know, I'm not I'm not the guy to save you, you know, despite, you know, everything else I've been saying for the last, you know, eight tracks, you know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh but I I know that you you know it's easy to to kind of find that that discrepancy where like okay you know I'm I'm using this vehicle I'm using this band to try to to get your life saved you know get your life straight but don't mm-hmm. look to me don't you know <laughs> I'm not the guy you know yeah. but I I get that it, it sounds to me like typical stuff like I'm not I'm not the idol you know I like the you know the part that I would only serve to hurt you. You know, it yeah. seems like an honest yeah. admission. Like, look, I would only serve to hurt you. True. Yeah. Yeah, that that part I actually identified with pretty well because it's like, you know, I'd, I'd like to see you do better, but I'm eventually going to go do something stupid too. And, and, and then I'm going to abandon you because I'm going to go feel guilty for a while and not talk to anybody, you know, and, and I'll end up hurting you. And then, and, and, you know, so you might as well find someone else to be your, to be your, your, uh, your mentor. 
you know, <laughs> it's it's the perfect capsule of the dysfunction that was American <laughs> Christian culture. Yeah, you know, you know the the guilt, you know the 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 guilt laying, and then mm-hmm. you know you trying to pick yourself up and 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 feel forgiven, and and you know talk about forgiveness, but also the guilt, and mm-hmm. you know. You know me telling you about Jesus, but it's not me. You know, um, yeah, it's just this whole dysfunctional dynamic to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Agreed. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why I'm bumming us out right now. <laughs> uh, it's okay. That's why we do this podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about the hidden track? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Ed remember. Ed seems to remember it so much better. I just remember they said ass in it, and my 15-year-old self was like, oh my god, I don't know yeah. what to think about this. And, yeah. <laughs> did I not send it to you, Jay? Uh, no, you didn't, or you didn't tell me you did. Well, it's, it's, in, the, it's in the chat. It's in the, in the Facebook chat. It so is, technically, you sent it to me, but it <laughs> is... It, okay. You all have access to it. So... You know the the bonus track there. It's there's a lot going on, and I think it's split <laughs> through multiple mm-hmm. uh, tracks. And there is a lot of just you know snippets of conversation and just you know dialogue in there and starts and stops. All right. Hey, I'm Hey, I was sleeping now. Hey, I'm I'm I mean, just it goes on for a while, and so at some point, oh, right? And I guess at some point, somebody said "pain in the ass" or something like that, which yeah. it, it mean, became a cause of controversy <laughs> for them. It's really it's easy drum wise to pain in the ass because it's like you know, I don't, I, I don't even remember hearing it that much. Maybe I did, and I probably. Like oh wow they you know but I don't it didn't wasn't a as big of a deal to me I guess no. you know um my favorite but, part well of wait that, just a second so 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 the, the like the first I mean so the first part of the track is the song, last song ebb and then like the next like five to eight minutes are just like these few second long snippets from before and after recording songs yeah you know? right so it's just it's literally just outtakes of people saying you ready to record or woo you know like what was just, that like you yeah. know like. <laughs> Do we sound good? <laughs> it, it's, yeah, I mean, so it's it's like a blooper reel, you know. It is, yeah. But without even with without good bloopers, I mean, it's, exactly. it's <laughs> you know, it's just them. Yeah, you know, it's whatever. Not- it's it's being ADD, you know. It's being ADD <laughs> it in a band, right? You know, and you're just doing whatever. All right, yeah, that's the, a good. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, the best part is they do a fake interview with a fake band called Skullhead. <laughs> and it is, you know, it sounds like something from it sounds like like a like a parody of like the decline of western civilization part 2, you know, <laughs> where like you see 
you know, you know, that documentary, they're interviewing like bands in LA in the eighties and everybody's saying, I'm an artist, you know, like I'm an artist. <laughs> killer, killer, man. That's just killer. Well, you know, I mean, you guys are just the hottest thing on the scene. You know, I want to talk to the guitar player, uh, cage man. Uh, you, you're like, the leads are just so fast, dude. It's like, you know, some people use a drill when they try to play, but you're just, <laughs> you're just all over that neck, baby. What, what are, are you influenced by a lot of just metal giants or what? Well, I read Circus Magazine, and those guys from Poison have the coolest hair. That's been a big influence. Dude, I noticed the hair, man. Are you, like, totally into the tablature thing, you know? You just map everything out, and then you just... <laughs> lightning speed, man. It's I have a two-necked guitar, so I use both hands, and uh, our singer sometimes will come over and do the uh, picking for me. <laughs> rock and roll, baby! Rock and roll! Lay down, break down. And so... That's kind of what it is, you know. It's like an interview in this band. I think Andy Prickett is interviewing them, and and they're pretending to be a band, and and then they play this song that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's like this metal <laughs> song about metal, you know. It's about listening right. to metal, and um, it's it's great. <laughs> I love that song. I, I think that's one of the greatest outtakes, you know, in any record, because it's a fake, really great song. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I guess, you know, judging. So did you guys want to talk about that post that um, Mikey put in uh, Instagram about that song? Yeah. About that outtake? Yeah, I can uh, I can read it to you guys. I um, I yeah. copied it so we'd have it. He said, uh, he says, on our second release for Tooth & Nail Records, I compiled an audio behind-the-scenes outtakes and tacked it onto the end of our CD just for fun. And in parentheses, he said, hidden tracks and zero tracks were all the, range back, all the rage back then when we used CDs. We included studio chatter, bullshit between takes, and on one clip, you could faintly hear our drummer say, that was a pain in the ass. Because we were a Christian band, we found out quickly that saying the word ass was the same as murder then. Bookstores and radio banned us, and the release had to be re-edited without the extras. It was too late. We were never forgiven. That was the end of that. No more Sometimes Sunday. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel culture has gotten out of control. Guys. So I, I would love to know more. It's like, right. was that really it? This is like 20 years ago. I mean, was that really what ended <laughs> the band was the word ass on their second CD? If so, wow. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, but it makes sense, you know, knowing how fragile that whole thing was like, that's mm -hmm. how, you know, yeah. Something yeah. like that. And by the way, which is completely hypocritical anyway, yeah. we can, yeah. we can say that completely hypocritical, but there you go. You know, that yeah, I mean, the problem, the problem is that you take, you know, we, we can even go back up here to, to, to the previous song. You don't care about my life, you know? And and when you take people and you put them into and you make a market out of their art, for the market to continue to survive, it's easier to just write off this band and pretend they never existed than it is to 
talk about the fact that people were offended, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's easier just to blacklist them and and just take them out of the store, take them off the, you know, take them off the catalog and just it, it just never happened. I think everybody was too ready to feel the righteous indignation, you know? Everybody well, yeah. was like chomping at the bit to to, you know, get on a on a pedestal like, "Oh, what did you say? But you know, <laughs> here's the thing. I when I when I read that, okay, I mm -hmm. thought about a certain Christian singer, contemporary Christian singer at the time, who I'm not going to name names, I guess, just in case, you know. But uh <laughs> This person was a, the, famous with with the moms and you know the 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 you know that that whole crowd the the Baptist crowd the conservative crowd whatever. Mm -hmm. This person got caught in an affair, extramarital affair, with another artist mm -hmm. who was also married. And oh my gosh, you know the Christian gossip went on and on about this blah blah blah, but people forgave. Yeah, so yeah. quickly because. Yeah. This person was the darling of the market. Yeah. It didn't take very long. <laughs> you know, you, you repent, you know, you make a public apology. You know, it's all good. I mean, even yeah. Jimmy Swagger came back, you know, yeah. Jay Baker. You know, it is what it is. And by the way, I'm not saying that people don't deserve forgiveness. Sure. Right. You know, but but there is definitely a double standard when all of a sudden you blacklist sometimes Sunday from a Christian bookstore because they said ass. I mean, mm -hmm. Right. Whatever it, that 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 was the climate of the time. I yeah. I do understand that, but you know, we had to yeah. defend ourselves. Uh, you there, know. there is. I remember on on your on your label mates album, um, Johnny Respect, on their first album, they say the word "suck" in one of their songs. Oh wow! And it's actually clipped, so you only hear the S and the K. Like you literally, like, oh wow, you okay. Know? But we were listening to this really loudly at my friend's house one time, and it was loud enough that she recognized that it was a clipped, you know, suck. suck. And <laughs> she got so mad. Like, it was like, you are never listening to this again. Like, it was, it was just. Did they, the uh, like, yeah. Did they hear Squark 5 or State Flag Sucks? Uh, which no. I, I think they may have changed that i think they they left it in the song i don't know if it was one of those things where they had to like rename it like yeah they renamed it yeah there, there was somewhere where it, it couldn't have the word sucks i don't think they i don't know if they edited it or not but yeah i know that that was a little controversial especially they're from georgia and yeah. and their parents were like civil war reenactors or something like that so that was like oh, wow. a huge deal Saying our state flag sucks, yeah. but anyway, yeah, that was back when it, the Alabama state flag contained as part of it the Confederate uh, Georgia. Flag. Yes, correct. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Georgia. <laughs> okay. I mean, I didn't know that the that's why the ban ended. Yeah, yeah me that's either. crazy. I, I mean, I, I didn't. I know that I, people bans were afraid of of having you know suffering this effect. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it escalated to that with with this band i thought this band was one of the best ones at the time you know <laughs> that, um i know you disagree clifton but you know i thought they were great that's fine yeah and you know they probably just saw they probably saw album album sales just crash you know and yeah and who knows tooth the nail why, may have why been continue like on when you can that may have been the end of their contract you know even prematurely possibly like that eh, eh, this is risky we're not doing it anymore that's yeah. true. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, All right. Awesome. Sum it up for us, Ed. What are, what are your overall thoughts? I still like I, I still like the record. I like listening to it. Um, it it's not the same now, obviously. You know, yeah. so I gotta say, part of my love for the record is the memory of the record. Um, so when I when I was listening to it again recently, um, I could. You know the 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 mix was bothering me more than it mm-hmm. used to. You know, like I was, it was really sticking out, like the bass tone and all that. Uh, when I when when I was when you were playing it on the headphones here, it sounded more compressed. You know, because of the sound, because of the the you know the the software. Yeah. So it sounded better. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but um, I'm you know I'm still fond of it. I can. I, I guess it doesn't sound as relevant to me uh, today, but I'm always going to be a fan of that. Especially, I, I love, I love the like the first three songs back to back. Yeah, kind of go together. It's like a good sequence to me. You know, I, I I can still play it. You know, I I most of my streaming is on YouTube, so I put it on and and it plays from there. And then um, I, I still love she and I like. Uh, I love Skullhead <laughs> at the end. Uh, so, yeah, a little mixed uh, with it, but, you know, still big Sometimes Sunday fan. I have the sticker, you know. <laughs> is this a, is this logo on the back? Is that their logo? Yeah, I had a shirt mm, with that on it. Yeah, that's one of them. Uh, I guess the sticker just basically, it was black and it says Sometimes Sunday on white okay. on, like, type. Uh, but, yeah, that was, that's one of them. All right, Jay, what, 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 what's your overall? I mean, Ed did a pretty good job. I think I'm similar. Like, it's really nice memories. I, I will say one thing for me is I didn't really listen to any other, like, I don't know what you call this. I'm the same grunge. I did see that Tooth and Nail at one point called it Lurch Rock, which I thought was, like, <laughs> pretty fitting. But I didn't really listen to any other bands like this, so this is kind of an outlier for me. But I really still kind of enjoy listening to it. I mean, lyrically, obviously some of the stuff I don't connect with now, but I still love songs like Water and all the apocalyptic imagery and stuff, just because it fits <laughs> with the sound of it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's not anything I'm going to pull out and probably listen to a lot now, but um, I did not mind revisiting it, unlike some of the albums that we've done that I've been like, wow, uh, I can't believe I used to like this. This is not one of those. <laughs> All right, we've already talked about the cover. I, I I think it's a pretty fitting cover, you know, for for the album. It's it's designed by uh, Brandon Ebel with a uh, BEC graphics. Um, any, any a other picture thoughts? of a sink? Yeah, the there you just go. the bottom of a sink. Yes. I mean, it's so <laughs> '90s with like that font, you know, like that kind of typewriter mm-hmm. font. But I feel yes. like it yeah. work. It works for this, right? Like it kind of yeah. fits with the sound of the album, honestly. I agree. Yeah. Any other, any other thoughts on the uh, the packaging? Well, it's funny, Clifton. I think you mentioned this in our last episode because I think this album came mm-hmm. out right after Plank Eyes the Spark. It's like they're right near each other in the Tooth and Nail catalog yeah. and then maybe right next to each other in that. And it, it's almost the exact same like format <laughs> of the booklet and yeah, stuff. Like is. color in one part, black and white in the other. Lyric. It's just funny because it's very, very similar yeah. layout. Yeah, it's almost identical, the layout, yeah. It's very mm-hmm. it's It's... it's uh, I guess Brandon had a format that he was using at that time for uh, yeah. <laughs> cranking uh. these out. I do, I do find it interesting. Uh, uh, 
It, it lists the executive producer as Brandon, quote, it's on your album budget, end quote, evil. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that's, that's fine. In other words, any anything they did, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah that, that goes against your budget. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like they borrowed a lot of equipment. It says, uh, uh, Kevin thinks Kurt for the sun, Mikey for the Celestians. Celestians are speakers. Sun is mm-hmm. an amp. Um, Aaron for the crybaby. That's the wall pedal. And boss John for the time off. <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. Sounds like that, they bar- borrowed a lot of equipment to get this thing done. Bents were <laughs> hustling. People yeah. had full-time jobs. You know, <laughs> that's the way it was. Yeah. Well, one one anecdote for me when when Dear Ephesus recorded the first record and we did our our uh, extra track because we had space left on the on the tape, mm-hmm. we did one one like acoustic one and there was still tape left and so we said, hey, let's do this right. So this was a song that Lou had written. Right. We had already played it live and everything. It was a joke, but <laughs> it was hilarious. And by the by the way, you guys were right on to say that that is right along. What he's doing now, gasoline hard, yes, one hundred percent, and he knows this that it all started with the wax Tito's. So, but we did the song, and at the very end, you know, we're singing, you know, rock the heck out of you and whatnot, and 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 he says, I am a, I am a man, I am Mikey, and 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 the reason he says that is because in in Stone and in Pain there is a song, and that's how it starts, like I am a man. You know, anyway, that that's like a typical, okay. nice. a, a typical, a sometimes Sunday lyric, and then at the end he says it again, like "I am a man," <laughs> which is, <laughs> you know, it's a tribute. It's a, it's a tribute to uh, to to the the Christian music of the time. So there's a connection that <laughs> we didn't know about. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and also. Another slight, not really connection, but when we were doing that song, we started, you know, we were like shouting things on the chorus and, you know, it's like, we're going to rock the heck out of you. And even that was close to controversial, saying heck. But then we started saying different words, any words. And somebody decided that one of those words was the F word. (laughs) We never, we never said the F word. But people try to get they that rumor it. started, right? Yeah. And we said, no, nobody said that. <laughs> nobody said that. It was Aaron and I shouting the the thing at the end. Nobody was saying that word. <laughs> I don't care what it sounds like. That word is not there. So anyway, we saw ourselves at the edge of that sword. Wow. And we, you know, hope it didn't gain any track because nobody knew who the Orifices was anyway. So probably it didn't matter. But I, I, you know, it. There was a little bit of a rumor there, so we, we yeah, we we faced that. We faced that monster a little bit. That's interesting. And they also recorded a vast uh, rec- recording um, in uh, in Portland, I think. I looked that. I looked the studio up, and it's it is a giant. Like like everyone in the world is recorded there in the underground. Uh, is it still the- around? Yeah, yeah, it's still around, and like built a spill recorded there. Uh, oh, I think it's recorded in there. Seattle. I mean, everybody recorded there. Uh, I think it's Seattle because okay. I think I want to say Poor Old Lou maybe recorded something there too. Which yeah, Poor Old Lou recorded there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but just it's just a it's just a a, a, a everybody you've ever heard of recorded there. <laughs> so many studios. A lot of the big studios from back then went out of business. Yeah. Uh so that's nice. They're still around. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's hard to do. All right, Jay, why don't you tell us where the band is now? 
Well, you we took the first part of what I was going to say because of the you know the ass thing, but right after the band, Mikey formed a Star Wars tribute band, Twin Sister, that Zip was also in from this band, uh, and I think they did put out one official album. Uh, and it's kind of funny because this was a little bit pre like all the Star Wars, like I don't mm-hmm. even think they they had not put out the new you know. Episode one, two, and three yet, or any of that. So no, that was ninety nine. This is kind yeah. of before that, so it's it's early on. Then he had another band called Tragedy Anne that put out a couple records on Organic Records. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. I never listened to that because it was on Organic Records, and I'm like, mm, probably lame. <laughs> it is a weird label switch, but now that we see, you know, yeah. more of what happened with Tooth and Nail, maybe that was the only choice. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he Mikey also founded and ran Tom Festival from 1995 until, and I couldn't find for sh- exact year it was over, but sometime like early 2000s, I don't know, early to mid mm-hmm. 2000s. Um, in about 2004, Mikey moved back to Ventura, California, where he lives today. Um, he ran a skate park, a music venue, and eventually a gamer church, which I didn't even know existed. And then in 2019, he started a podcast called Deconstruct. Uh, and he's now working on a documentary series that Ed mentioned earlier about the Christian rock scene, and it's called Blood, Sweat, and Sin. And you can see the trailer at MikeyBridges.com, uh, where you can also find out about his podcast. It looks good. Like, I hope he's, I know he's shopping it to places and trying to get funding, and I yeah. hope it gets picked up because I would really like to see it. Um, Me too. I'll be honest, I'm having trouble tracking down info on, like, really any of the other guys post, like, basically Twin Sister. Um, so if anybody else caught anything, fill me in. Mikey's not hard to find online, thankfully. And again, he's got a podcast. He shares a lot of early info, but the other ones, yeah, not finding. I know, uh, Twin Sister started, uh, while he was still in Sometimes Sunday. So it it didn't come after, but it was like simultaneous because they played together. Twin Sister opened. Right. And I, I remember they, um... They had a different name. Uh, they had a different name, uh, and they had to change it to Twin Sister because I think Star Wars, or I think oh, uh, you're you right. know, Skywalker I or whatever, they were going to get sued. Yeah. Oh, okay. They were going to get sued. <laughs> so they had to change. Maybe it was going to be called Boba Fett. Or, I think you're I, right. I, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you are right. Yeah. Huh. And they switched the name, but they did put out like a demo or, you know, like a six song EP or something like that. And it's, it's kind of like funk. Um, well, actually it's, it's rock, but it is, it definitely has like funky kind of ribs. If you find it, listen to it. It's, it's clever and it's pretty good. And Mikey was the drummer, I believe for that. I found people complaining that they went to Cornerstone 95 to hear Sometimes Sunday. And they came out and they played like one sometime Sunday song, and then they switched and they played the rest of it was was Twin Sister. <laughs> really? Uh, and people people were pretty upset by it. <laughs> they they came out in full like dressed in costumes. Yeah, that's what they and said. Every, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Ed. It's been great to have you on. Hopefully, I've been so. taking up too much of your time. <laughs> Well, you definitely did, but um, <laughs> I was willing. I was willing. Yeah, thanks That's for good. sticking with us so long. <laughs> no problem. This was fun, guys. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you.
next episode, we will be sitting down to talk with Ed of Dear Ephesus. So stick around for that in two weeks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Your Music Saved Us. If you enjoyed your time with us, please leave us a review or share this episode. Visit our website, yourmusicsavedus.com, to find all the ways to listen. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Join our Facebook group or follow us to keep up with the latest or interact with us. Send complaints and disagreements to yourmusicsavedus at gmail.com. The music in this episode is the work of Sometime Sunday and is used with apologies, not permission. Uh, I know you can, as Jay mentioned, you can find their first EP on Bandcamp. Other than that, I don't think I've found anything to buy. Did you, Jay? No. All right. Well, have fun. Listen. And remember, you either die a rock star or you grow old enough to be cranky like us. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.